Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, after action report, hour number two here in the locker room at St. Vincent's College in the Laurel Highlands Yes, of Latrobe, Pennsylvania. We are live. Wolf and I, um, we had a fun night last night. We did. Watching Friday Night Lights, and it was, it was cool because, you know, the one thing is when you get to only one field, um, where everybody has to do, right? You got 90 eligible bodies out there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you're moving around and you're figuring out, where can I catch the best viewing? Well, some of the best viewing happens to be right between two players. <laughs> and and it, it was just it was cool to have that type of interaction, but also that vantage point and that view and really celebrate in the moment. And you get, you kind of – the juices get flowing. Yes. I found myself, like, rooting and cheering, and I was like, man, I'm usually yeah. reserved at practice here. You know, I'm not up in yeah. arms about it. It's a little bit more ex- you know, right, expanded right. surroundings. But there last night, it gave you all the Friday night vibes. You know, it brought you back to a high school, like, nostalgic moment. It did. Because everything was all compact. So almost to where you didn't even know where the oohs and ahs were coming from at one point because we had the D-line and O-line run blocking drills in the middle of the field. You had tight ends on outside linebackers on one end. You had DBs and receivers with the quarterbacks on the other end, and it was just like, okay, where do I, where it's do a I, three ring circus? Myself? Yeah, but one of the Which things, I, you know, that bothers you in a circus, doesn't it? Because they got too much action going. Yeah, on. exactly. You're trying to focus on one, enjoy it, but then you got the clowns at one end, you got, you know, the trapeze, you got the tigers, lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my! Oh you my! You know what I mean? Yeah. It kind of gets you all. And uh, where, where do you want to go? You know. And by the way, you know one of the neatest things I got to do. What was that? I got to go to Barnum. I think it was Barnum and Bailey. Barnum and at, Bailey. Yeah, yeah, at the arena and uh, open the show like a ringmaster. Oh, yeah. Did they, you go on the tails? What's that? Did you put the no, tails on? No, no, no. I was like just a real to, ringmaster. You're yeah, just I, artificial no. ringmaster. Yeah, they they didn't allow me to do that. You, you know, should have the real guy with the, with the top hat. I know. Yeah, you would have been full. Yeah, I mean that would that would have been. I should have gone for the whole nine yards. Yeah, you should have went just straight dumb and dumber, right? Just wore a tuxedo. Yeah, wore like a, a, a purple a powder one. blue, a powder, powder blue, blue. <laughs> powder blue tuxedo with the cane and tails. It would have been awesome. Whack right yeah. across the back of the knees, <laughs> exactly. man. Come on, ringmaster, get it in. Get it was in. very cool yeah. though to be out there in the center no. of the thing and boom. That that's pretty awesome. Had to though. get out of the way though, because you know then all the they had the parade that comes in first. Oh yeah, and you don't want to get stepped on by now. No, right? no, I those elephants are huge. They're, they're huge. humongous. But um, we had our own three ring circus at the Friday Night Lights yes, going did. on, and it but what what you were talking about in the last period and kind of expounding upon that was explosive plays and where are they going to come from and can you build from the very low totals that we had a year ago and I and we both agree yes yes and we talked about Anthony McFarlane getting an opportunity and looking like he's going to be a third back in that rotation right now yes because he has explosive play flexibility he does meaning he could do it from the backfield he could do it from a receiving position and start to make hey but another guy that 
we, we kind of glossed over a little bit. We We've been talking about him during camp, though. Calvin Austin. Yes. And what he presents in the Ooh. slot and the absolute breakaway speed that he has to blow the top off of a coverage and put defensive backs in, in a quandary. Yes. To foul quandary. or not to foul? That is the question. <laughs> and last night they fouled him. They fouled him, and he still made the play, and he's done that consistently in camp. Now, we've always questioned, like, hey, the hands, how is it going to work? We've always wondered because he got injured so early in camp. This is the furthest he's made it in camp in Absolutely. two years. You're right. Because he was injured. I want to say, like, day one, maybe day two of pads. Something like that, yeah. And we didn't really get to see it. We saw the, the great battles in shells, but we did not see it in pads. And now we're seeing it in pads, and it's like, woo. He can scorch uh, a go route, let me tell you. Yeah, he scorched a go route last night in the team uh, competitive period. It was the um, – it was the uh, – what was it? It was – not third down, but it was kind of like a team passing period. It wasn't quite third down, but I mean he he caught he caught one in stride for about thirty plus yards, and then no, I want to say like forty yards, right? Because he was all the way down on the twenty, and I think they were on the thirty on the opposite side of the field, so it was about close to fifty yards. It was, um, and he made this circus grab while being held, and as soon as as soon as he went up and high pointed the football. You saw that yellow flag get to hey. Listen, yep. Those referees were throwing the flags. That was they, you know high what? and long. That was nice. Somebody had a good arm. Yeah, somebody somebody One of was them like refs had a real good arm. Mid-season form. Yep. On throwing the flags, but he ended up catching it and it was a huge play and everybody celebrated. The, the, remember the, all the wide receivers ran down and like you know, <laughs> yep. were high-fiving them, jumping up and I think a couple tight ends. I think we saw Pat run down there Firemouth. Um because it's like you know what this young guy's capable of, and when you get to see your expectation in reality and fulfilled, it's a pretty cool moment as a teammate. Because it's like you know what he's doing, you know what he's working on, how hard he's working, and we as fans and as media and as you know sideline non-combatants, we don't see all of that work, and but we understand what that work is as former players. We understand yes. what that is to see a, a teammate succeed, and you want to root that success. Yes. And so to see Calvin Austin showing up in camp and giving you those eye-popping plays leads you to believe that, man, we're going in the right direction when you're talking about riding the ship about 40-plus yard chunk plays, 20-plus yard chunk plays, and making that more routine than more so the outlier or the exception to the rule. And another guy, and I want you to talk about it, Hot Rod Williams, Rodney Williams. Oh, man. Rodney Williams is just showing up every day. I yeah. mean, there's something that this guy does, whether it's coming off in a flat back, old school fashion on a tight end on, on easy, outside. Man, oh, man I mean, it he looks puts natural. His forehead right in the guy's chin, and he yeah. comes after him. Uh, I, I was amazed the other day when we were watching him with the outside linebackers. The mm-hmm. balance and the way that he came off the ball with that low flat back, I was I was excited. It was like that's a return to the days of yore, if you will, when you know men were coming off the ball and you put your forehead in the chin of a dude and you ripped the rack with your fists and you grabbed those chest plate, uh, you know, on the inside. You win the battle of the inside hands and you're able to roll, you know, over your hips and extend and blow a guy out. Well, that's what he does. Yeah. And then he comes back, he catches the ball. Look, I don't know how. This can all fit in the in the tight end room. Right now, you got 
this is as good a tight end room as we've seen collectively. Yeah. I don't know, in years. Maybe, I, I don't want to say ever, but ever is a long time. But certainly, this is, I mean, you look at it. You got yourself the move, who in my, my mind, again, always a top five. He's a top five type tight end, okay? You all got, around good. All, all around. All around good at everything. All around performer, yes. yes. And one guy who, that if I had to say, you could bet on beating any safety in between the numbers. Okay, yeah. I think no doubt Easily. about it. He, you know what I mean? He's that that capable. Then you got yourself a guy like Zach Gentry, who you know he's he's a big bodied guy and has shown himself capable. The tight end screen, I love that. He ran that in Cincinnati. He's capable of doing that more. Uh, the blocking has come along, and then he's uh, it hasn't been as 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 well as I'd like to see him finish uh, during this camp. But he's still capable of doing that. Yeah. Then you got the. The Mount Washington, you know, you got yeah. this huge body who's already demonstrated down the field, route running ability, catching the ball in stride, and let's just talk about the banging max. I mean, what yeah. can this guy do banging wise? I mean, you like love yeah. him. Yeah, I mean, he 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 is truly truly a banger in, in, inside on on those combination blocks. I mean, yeah, I mean, when you see him and Broderick Jones line up together, oh yeah, that's and it's a, a lot run of play. Mark. You understand why Georgia won back-to-back national titles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you see it immediately. You're like, yeah, that, now, they're now, running in that direction. Think about this. You go 12 personnel. Yeah. And you got the Kendrick Green. And the things that you could do with bringing the motion and setting up off the H-back, you know, Kendrick Green in a Patrick Ricard-type situation. I don't know. It just kind of it, it, it livens up my, my spirit. It says, you know, have at it. You know, Matt Canada, do some design in there, brother. I mean, you could go out and really have some wham, bam, you know, wang, dang, doodle type of plays where you can pound some people. Well, and I, I, I'm going to throw some jumper cables on, on your spark right now. <laughs> 22 person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, we got a little jump start in the heart there. Yeah. Exactly. 22 personnel. Wow. Kendrick in the backfield, yep. Muth on one edge, Washington on the other. Wow. Wow. That's scary. Scary. Scary, Got scary. Some, there's some, you know. 13-plus, if you want to call it, but 22 personnel where he lines up in the eye, offset eye. Absolutely. Again, the things in. that Ricard does. Yeah. The Tell th- me yeah. you couldn't do with Patrick or, or, or with uh, Kendrick, you know, the seal with, you yeah. know, Mason Cole. You know, yeah, and, and exactly. leading up on the inside. And letting Suomalo like kind of run like almost like a like a counteraction opposite way, right? Like a you pull could do that. And have him seal in there so you get misdirection. Or he jump on that backside backer if he's got a bubble, you know, yeah. or yeah, run the bubble like play, that. yeah. And and you could have Mason getting off to the up second level on the front side in a way that, you know, if you're a linebacker there and you're used to, you know, looking at the, the doubles as, yeah. as we used to call them, you know, boom. And then all of a sudden you're getting blasted by somebody. This is not supposed to happen here. Exactly. Weak ISO. Hey. Weak ISO. Lead ISO oh. on the front side. Jeez. Oh. Oh. Yeah, right? You, oh, my heavens. What a collision that would be. That would be a, a glorious proportion. <laughs> that, that, Magnificent. <laughs> yeah, man. Dare I say. <laughs> Dare outstanding. I say. <laughs> this, this could be a body part pickup play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, so there's just so many – our mind starts going, especially as linemen yeah. and yeah. offensive players. Like, you understand the schematics of things, and you're right. just like, oh, my God, how can this happen? Yes. Can we make this happen? It's like, please, please. And you see three for three in that situation where, where the defense – the gold shirts don't, are like, no, 
No. no. 53's in and he's not holding the, the football, we've got a problem. Yep. Right? He's not at the center position. Houston, so, buckle up. We have a problem. Exactly. <laughs> buckle up and pack extra diapers. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case. Yeah. Hey. It's like an insurance policy, right? Yeah, that's it. You never plan to use it, but it's there just in case. Just in case. <laughs> just in case. So, yeah, yeah, I love that when we're talking about – because this is building on how do you create explosive plays. Yes. You need explosive players to have explosive plays. And Calvin Austin, Anthony McFarlane, Rodney Williams are showing explosive capable plays. Exactly. In this offense and what we've seen thus far. And it was on display last night. Um, in a lot of good ways. But you know what? Another guy, sneaky. I know he's I know he's on the team. I know he's mainly a return man. But Gunnar Olszewski. Oh, yeah. Gunnar's been having the, – the, they had the, a big the, night last night. Yeah, I mean. Gunnar and, – and, and I was so mad about that, that, that crosser, that 15-yard crosser, because it was perfect suck up by the linebackers. Yep. He darts right behind it. That's a play that Gunnar has to make. Yep. But then he more than made up for it in seven shots. And then in the team drill period at the end – I mean, he was doing some really good things last night. And that's another guy where you kind of forget, but you know there's a place for him because he's your return man. Yes. But can he start to see more offensive snaps moving forward? Because he, he's, he's that little guy. He's, he's a little wiggle worm, man. Yes, yes. He, he gets in there. He squirts out, you know, between two defenders that they're, try, they're trying to size him up, and he's a yep. little short. So he has that low center of gravity balance. But, yeah, there's a lot of guys on this team. outside. Of, now, we have the known suspects, right? Yes, we do. We have Pat Fryermuth. We have Deontay. We have George Pickens, and we have Najee. And even Jalen's now become in the dependable category. Yes. So we know what those are, but it's the outlier guys, right? Because those guys are the guys that most likely to draw the double team. So what do you do with the single coverage guys? And that's where you have to see it. Because if you're going to bracket Pat Fryermuth in the middle, right, right with your backers, yep. Who's going to win on the one-on-ones on the outside? George Pickens is your first candidate. Then you think of Deontay. Yes. But then it's nice to know if you run 12 and you have Darnell Washington in there. You have Rodney Williams in there, right? You have in the slot Allen Robinson. Or you have Gunner, Calvin Austin, right? There's a lot of good There's slot competition. There's a lot of yeah. targets now that are starting to stack up. Yeah, and these rooms are stacked. Whereas, you know, a year ago we're like, ah, this room's heavy. This one's kind of yep. light. This all of the rooms are heavy, offensively and defensively, and the depth at offensive line also creates the picket fence for Kenny Pickett. You know what this is starting to remind me of? Yeah. That pizza and, and uh, taco room last night. Yes. That, you know, it was stacked. Yeah. Loaded with good stuff. It you was. Know, it was cheese. You got your pepperoni. You got your mushroom. Then you got the soft-shelled tacos. You got the crunchy tacos. You got your Diablo sauce. All that kind of saucification was huge. Yeah, you know, I'm starting to get that feeling about the tight end room, about the wide receiver room, you know, the running, just a lot of stuff, the offensive line. Yeah. And, again, this new animal created last night in the form of Kendrick Green and the Patrick Ricard role that could be hammered out here, to me, is, is something worthwhile. No, it, it is, and, and that, that's the fun thing about how we get through this. Um, so – we're going to keep going with the show, to keep going with the after-action report. I wonder if there's any tacos left up there. You know I mean, I mean, maybe. You only got 21. There was more than 21 there, that's for sure. That, that, is, that is for darn sure. There was a lot more than 21. There, yeah. But while we count tacos up top, or we text Reagan to do it because we're not going to walk up the hill, <laughs> we are going to <laughs> – we'll be 
in a minute. We're going to bring some commercials. I'm sure they'll have food commercials in there. But you're still in the locker room. <laughs> you think this is a Yeah, exactly. We've had our own live on the air. <laughs> and squirrels. Squirrels. We got squirrels. All right, when we come back. <laughs> This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think one of the greatest attributes of Tom Brady, besides all the other stuff, okay, I think one of the greatest things he, he did was he threw his wide receivers open. He'd throw them open. Yes. You know, he, he, he'd he hit them in stride in a position where the catch was made easily to go coincide with getting back in your natural running rhythm. They'd catch, boom, you know, rather than having to stretch or make a great catch or, you know, down by the knee or hip or something that makes you turn around, the ability to be able to hit a receiver in stride and also to throw those guys open where they're not running into a brick wall as such as, like, like for instance, in cover two, all right, you got yeah. a mesh point. You've got crossing routes. Yeah, you know he would. He inevitably was able to locate guys that he could throw them open where they would catch that baby in stride and not run into a James Harrison such as in Cleveland with Muhammad Massacoy. And yeah. you know, part of that, I'd sit there and go, "Well, get Zooks, man, don't throw him the ball." Yeah, you know, you exactly. got Debo sitting right there. Yeah, you know, and you're going to throw him the ball like three yards running. You know, without sitting down, hello. And then you wonder why the next time you try and go with that, he has alligator arms. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ah, T-Rex. Couldn't catch it. Couldn't catch it. Couldn't get, what was that commercial? It was like the credit card commercial where they had to pay for the bill. Everybody has to throw their credit card. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The like, ah, ah, I, <laughs> I can't, can't reach, reach the it. check. I can't reach the <laughs> Yeah. That, I mean, you don't want that. And, and that's – but that comes with the skill, right? Because you think about this, like a lot of Tom Brady's throws – they weren't 30 air yards that made a 40-yard play. Like, they were 9, 10, 12, 15-yard air yards, and then, but it was catch and run. Yes. He caught them in straight. He knew where that, where that certain intersection point was, whereas if you got the DB looking left, you throw right. If he looks right, you throw left on a crossing route yes. to whichever guy because that DB cannot make up that speed once he's turned his attention on somebody else, and then he has to snap out of it. And that's the skill that you wonder. And that's where I think this wide receiver room has that skill set. I think so. That can put them in the quandary zone. Quandary. Ooh, where, like you, where you have to make a decision, and whatever decision you pick, it's the wrong decision. <laughs> <laughs> True. But think about this. You know, one of the things that the Steelers, again, we, we're going back to, uh, the fact of we had only had 20, uh, 44 plays of 20 yards or more, three plays of 40 yards or more. The biggest thing about it is not the 50-yard bomb that hits in stride and, you know, so forth. It's being able to throw these guys open so that they can use their natural abilities. Yeah, it's throw short, run long. That's yeah. that's one concept, okay? Yeah. But it's also throwing the wide receiver open, open while you're throwing short, running long, you know, yes. to give them the opportunity. Yes. And that, that's one of the things I know Kenny's working on right now. Yeah. I mean, he didn't hit – you know, he was a rookie, didn't have all that much practice time with a lot of the ones. So what's happening, he's getting it now, and he's understanding body movements and positioning, how the receivers, you know, attack uh, cover two versus cover three. You know, uh, man, 
release, all that sort of stuff that happens with the China Dolls. I'm sorry, the wide receivers out yeah. there. It's okay. It happens. It happens. But the fact Robotic is. China Dolls. Yes, exactly. They move. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, conceptually, the biggest thing about running after the catch is your ability as a receiver. You know, yeah. you, you've got, you can conceptually, you got concepts. You got concepts that are called to attack various parts of the field. Okay, but you have to understand those concepts are very fluid based on what you're looking at defensively. Yeah, it has to be understood between thrower and receiver, right? Quarterback, receiver. Yes. And those little nuances and body movements determine how anticipatory a throw is, Mm -hmm. right? And as you're learning that with Deontay, as you're learning that with George, you know, as as much as we love the – the crazy, ridiculous catches, those catches more often than not don't yield yak. There you go. So now is there a portion in this route beforehand that gives me a key that I can throw it ahead of time to let George run afterwards? Because yes. George can run. Oh, he can run. And so how can I be better as a passer to put the ball in a place that that accentuates that? Yes. That, that allows him to be more explosive. Because I look at some of – the gunner catches in the middle, right? Oh, yeah. The crossing routes. Connor Hayward catches. Jalen Warren catches that are catch-and-run type plays. And even Deontay, because Deontay is such a technically proficient route runner, he can hit him and throw the ball before Deontay comes out the break because he can anticipate what Deontay is going to do. Be. Yes. So I would love to see that continue to grow. And he's doing that. He's, there was a couple of plays where you're talking about, like, in combat, like, man, he put that in the exact right spot. Yes. And – only his receiver was going to get that ball or it was going to go out of bounds. But you want to see a little bit more. And that's where the middle of the field is still an untapped resource in this offense because shallow crossers, mid, mid-level mid crossers, yes. hide routes, option routes on two-man routes that are stacked together, mm-hmm. whether it's on the wing, right? We see we saw it with oh, Darnell yeah. Washington and Connor Anything Hayward. where yeah. you're able to put a defensive back in conflict. Yes. Okay, do I go this guy? Do I go that guy? Yeah. You know, I mean, the, like the smash route concept, where you have something underneath, something over the top. Yeah. Now that creates a problem for that guy. Yeah. And it and also it comes with knowing your quarterback to know that, okay, I want I want to make this break at seven yards, but the, defen- the defensive back still playing a little bit off me, so I need to get to his toes before I can make the break. So that might have to go eight. Yes. Or, or that might have to be at six. Uh, yes. And that's where the receivers also have to learn – okay, how long has Kenny's got his eyes on me and where I'm at in the options on the route, right? As you go through your progression, yes. and my first, second option, if I'm second option, I can kind of cheat a little bit because I can go a little bit further to get my break because he's looking at one first and knowing the depth of where one is. So that's all the nuanced stuff that we're, we're trying to see and we're fleshing it out here in camp, and we've seen a lot of success with that early on. <laughs> There's our man Carl Dunbar. L- l- listen, you missed it. When he was coming down the hill, uh-huh. I mean, he had to have been going at least 25 miles was an hour. Was he smoking on that it down he the hill? He was smoking it down the hill, and then he actually turned off to the left and did a little roundabout and then came back trying to get a little extra pedals in. Ah, but he, okay. com- he comes coasting in on that field, on that bike. Now, for folks that aren't here, okay, yes. <laughs> which means every almost everybody, uh, Carl Dunbar is a defensive line coach, and he's got this electric bike. With heavy-duty tires. I mean, he, he's, he's got the mountain off-roads. He does. He yeah. does. Now, what we love about, first of all, KD's just awesome. He's love a great Coach guy. Love Dunbar, yeah. And, and, and when he goes zooming 
down that stretch. I'm, I'm sorry I missed it because the man just gets on it. You well, know, it's like Evil Knievel going exactly. down the hill. Well, it happened so fast I couldn't even point it to you because by the time <laughs> I fully received it and digested it, he was already in this corner, this, there. this blank spot that we had. I had to actually look for it a little bit. I was like, yeah, let me see what Coach D is doing. But, and, of course, he's made his way to uh, field two as the Steelers are going to prepare to uh, come down and do a little walkthrough. I wonder, I wonder if they're going to be in pads today. Yeah, they are. I found out last night. All right, good. I found out, yes. You know, this is true Tomlin-esque. Yes. All right? Oh, how are they going to manage coming off a late night and then a short rest? He wants to see who's the gamer who can, you know, reload that fast and get their, their game brains on and come out and have a good padded practice, and who can't? Yeah, and it's also about body recovery. Who Absolutely. does the best job recovering afterwards? You know, funny thing, you know, Jorge. Well, I think you did pretty good. 21 tacos. That's a nice job by that, you. That was. I, and I actually made it this morning. I made it this morning right on time. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, I showed my recovery skills. You did. Now it's time to see what these young pups can do in recovery style. Because you know what I got on my side? What's that? Experience. Well, that's true. That is true. That's true. They're gaining that experience right now. They are. Yeah. You know, that's something that comes along. Yeah. Moving back to our... <laughs> Original thought yes. process. After before Carl Dunbar zoomed down the, the hill, <laughs> he zoomed in. And it, shiny bike, object, shiny, shiny object, object. There squirrel. you go, squirrel. <laughs> and then we got off to reloading. Uh, the fact of the matter is, you know, this conceptually about route running. You know, this is all, this is going to come together. I just really feel good about it. We've already seen an emphasis on the deep ball. We've yeah. seen more over the middle stuff. Yes. You know, uh, we've seen. Just in the two-minute drill, we saw some good stuff with Darnell Washington down the middle. Yeah, down the seam. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, it seam. It, to me, that's relatively in the middle. It is, it is. It yeah, is. It's, it's more or less. It's yeah. just one side of the middle. Yeah, ex- <laughs> <laughs> one side of the middle. Yeah, you're right, though. <laughs> it, it is because there's two hashes. It's the middle, it's still but the it's middle one of the field. Side. Yeah, okay, I'll, yeah. Give that, I'll give you that one. There we go. That was absolute brilliant, brilliance <laughs> on your part. But, you know, the thing about it is, it's, it's a work in progress, and we're going to see what, what comes. But you, have to, you have to understand, when you're facing the defense, it's one thing to run uh, a concept against man. It's another against cover two, a cover three. All these different things that conceptually change the route running automatically. Well, yeah, So and, and for all of our listeners out there, cover two, cover three, cover four are all zone concepts. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes. Cover one, cover zero are man concepts. So yes. when you hear that, that's the delineation. Zero and one are both like press style type of uh, type of man fronts, and usually comes with blitzing. Two, three, four can have blitzing, but it's zone concepts behind yes. where a guy has an area. So just wanted Thank to, you. Wanted to clear that you. up. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because especially cover zero, it's like get that ball and get rid of it. Just, just find <laughs> the guy. You always got one man somebody. more than what you can pick up. Yes, yeah, somebody is free. Yes, make sure you can find that guy, and then cover eight. Just for all, just to go complete nerd out and, yes. and give it to the football junkies. That is when you drop eight and you literally play like a four-four type of zone coverage across, and you only send three rushers. Usually, end of game concepts is where yep. you see this trying to secure a lead and not let a guy get behind you, or you're an offense, you're pressing, but the defense knows that and they're like, okay, we can we can rush home with three. Let's drop eight people and just force that quarterback into a bad situation to try and get a turnover. So. That has been the full explanation of coverages um, in a very bite-sized amount that people can understand. And with that, I think we are probably close to, to, 
just taking a break. I think we're going to take yeah, a break. Yeah, because if I go any deeper down the rabbit well, hole. Well, then we get lost. Yeah, and chasing some, that squirrel. I would, bet, I would bet at some point it turns into a foodie thing. You know? Yeah, it would have. It but would based have. on what we've been doing thus far. Yeah. Uh, so I think we'll avoid that by going to break right now. Hey, listen, you're in the locker room, but if you're not doing anything today, you ought to get out here and watch practice because they're going to be in pads. We're going to find out who's tough enough to reload after a tough practice last night and get it done today. All, all here at St. Vincent College, and we'll be back after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, as we sit here, Chuck Noll Field, Field 2 and 3 are full of the big boys, the grown-ups. Yes. The, uh, the individuals playing, but on Field 1... Main field, main appointment viewing, watching. We we got the little ones. We do. Yeah, we got the kid. We got the kids of uh, of players and staff and ball boys, ball boys that are out there. And and let, let me tell you, look at the back pedal on the little on the little. Tight. I like it. Yeah. And you see that yeah. there's man coverage. Now the play before they went yeah. little tight bunch. Yeah. And then they ran they ran random routes coming out of the bunch, which created yeah. them that the other guys on defense to be yeah. have to play zone. Because yeah. they couldn't man up on it, right? So, yeah. I mean, even this, we got sophistication and, in route running. And it looks like family versus family out there. It does. You got it the does. three little brothers on one side. It looks like three yeah. brothers Uh-oh, on the other side. Oh, we got a sack. We got a sack, yeah. Oh, he went down. Oh, yeah, that doesn't oh. count. Oh, but the run after the catch, run though. Okay, oh, great yak yards oh. there. Well, that's what happens that, that's when you beat yak. man coverage. Catch, catch and run. Catch and run catch just and like run. that. But, nice job. Yeah. Great job. Great job, kiddos out there. We're having fun. It's walkthrough. They're not a part of the PA, so they can run. Um, <laughs> but, you know, kind of tying up the last segment as we were talking about kind of route concepts, um, you know, the sophistication off of that. How do you put the combinations together for guys to get open and make themselves available to the quarterback? One of the key things that we kind of talked about, but you have to press on it, it's attention to detail as you get into the red zone oh yeah the tighter you get to that goal line that the bigger that 12th defender becomes and that 12th defender is the back line yep you've run out of real estate you have yeah we're not in the cfl where you can run past a goal post right because the goal post is moved in front at the goal line well like i always say you can throw a go route from the three yard line in the cfl yeah exactly but not in the nfl and one of the guys that's needs to clean that up a little bit. He needs to dust it off and get more locked in is George Pickens. Well, think about this, Max. We were talking about details, attention to details. We started with Anthony McFarlane, okay? Anthony McFarlane being able to be dependable, consistent, running the same route the same way, the way it should be, but conceptually also being able to make sure that is altered according to the defense that you see. Well, we also talk about the fact that, all right, let's take George Pickens. All right, two days in a row, he stepped out of bounds in the back of the end zone. Now, you know that you can't run the same route depth-wise uh, from, you know, 10 yards out and 5 yards out, okay? Yes. If you've got to be along the back of the end of the end zone, you've got to know where you are and make sure that you're consistently staying within the boundaries in the back end zone. And these are the details that, that you know, manifest itself day in, day out that you have to work at. doesn't make, you know, George Pickens like, Oh, he's not paying attention. No, you just – it's the minutia 
that can get you in trouble. Yeah. Let's take Broderick uh, Jones, okay? Think about this. The other Just yesterday, we're watching a one-on-one. Or, no, no, on a pass rush. I'm sorry. Yeah. The guy came up the field and then a hard break inside. Now, what did he do? He leaned forward. His head came forward, which we've talked about. Yeah, we've You've pointed out yeah. on several times. Say he's a little too head heavy. But what happened? He leaned forward, and he didn't move his feet. His, his footwork stopped. He leans forward. He gets swum, and he gives away the inside because he doesn't step to the inside first with his foot, and he doesn't keep his head back. Yeah. And these are, these are details. This is not anything about, you know, he's not that good or this. No. This is details in your work that you have to exhibit day in, day out so that they become hardwired into your central nervous system. Yeah, and, you know, for George and for Broderick, like, they're still very young. Like, Broderick, I mean, I just realized, I just looked this up and realized this last night. You know he's only 20 years old? Oh, you're kidding me. And still wearing braces. He's still, he don't have his man strength yet. I no, mean, he's yeah. strong. He's but- strong, but he, has, he hasn't developed that adult Yes. You know, I didn't strength. realize yeah. he was yeah. only – are you kidding me? Only yeah. 20 years so that old. That means at 30 he'll be 10 years in the league. <laughs> wow. Crazy, right? That is crazy. That's crazy. So, you know, that's one of the things where he's going to grow into his body. He's going to grow into his technique. But as a young guy, you have to force yourself out of your youngness. Yes. Oh, that's a good point. Right? You have to, you have to now dig a little deeper and, and, like you said, figure it out because it's not that it's a bad thing because you're young. But attention to detail. If I'm George, right, I'm running a route concept, and I know that we're from the five, and I have 10 extra yards. I have 15 total yards to do this. And this route normally is an 18-yard route. I now have to count my steps and make sure I give myself that one-yard cushion. Absolutely. So that I can make sure that I'm there. And does it change how I set off the line if it's press? Maybe I have to beat him inside. Because if I'm shortening this route – I need to make sure I'm giving my chest. Yep. So, so whereas I normally I have 18 yards to work with, I'm going to break on the outside. And I can kind of reestablish my inside, you know, move at the top of the route. But here, maybe I release inside and then juke him off the ball so I continually keep my chest and my body in a position where the, I'm quarterback friendly. Yes. And so those are like the nuanced things that you want to see develop because at the this is the money zone. The red zone is the money zone. Yes. What, you know, and, and why we say tight red zone, 10 and in, right? And then you got high red zone, which is usually about 20 to 10. But when you get in that low red zone, the routes you ran in the high red zone don't matter because now you're dealing with a 12th defender, and that's the back line. Yes. And that yep. defender, and guess what? You can't juke that defender. Nope. <laughs> there ain't no messing with that one. No messing with that one. So you have to now be a little elevated in your thinking when you're going into those route concepts, and that's one – that we wanted to put, you know, well, I said put a bow in the break, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, we're just bring bringing it that the that concept is this: paying attention to the details. That's yes. what we started off with, Anthony mm-hmm. McFarland. All right, and so you want to you, you sit there and go, well, what are the details? Well, it all depends on what you're talking about. We're giving examples, you know, Anthony McFarland and what it is means to be a three down back versus a, a third down specialist. Okay, yeah. you got the George Pickens talking about the details in route running. Well, conceptually, when you go to the red zone, it's a whole lot different than when you're standing out of the 50-yard line. Yes. Right? All right. Or Broderick Jones. One of the things you talk about is the fact that, you know, the details include not just knowing I have this guy, but the detail is being able to step with your inside foot and productively do so to keep the inside shut off and your head back. 
If, yes. you le- if your first movement is with your head and then you step to the inside, you've already given that step away to that, that guy rushing to the inside. Yeah. But if you step first and keep your head back, number one, you're already cutting off the inside, and number two, you're not going to give him the swim. Yeah, and, and, and now to get deeper in the woods real fast on efficiency. Are we in the weeds or woods? Yeah, both of them. Okay. We're, weedy woods. Okay, yeah. We're We've gone through woods. the meadow. We're now into yeah, the woods. Yeah, we're, we're searching for the glen. Um, but, <laughs> the you know, glen? biomechanically and physiologically, when you are in an unnatural position like an offensive lineman, right? Correct. It's unnatural to go backwards and shift and mirror dodge. Yes. But the second that you tip or lean ah. into the inside – you lock your hip joint. You lock your knee joint. All right. We're getting to the mechanics of it. No wonder we're yeah. looking for a Glenn because yeah. we are deep into the deep woods. Deep into the woods. And that is one of the nuances. And that's why when we talk about keeping your head out of it not ducking your head into it is because physiologically when you are at an erect state from shoulders to hips, mm-hmm. your hips are still open. You still have the hinge capability. Yes. But the second you lean, you're talking about 10 degrees. On a lean-in, you lock all of that up. And so now can't you, move. you can't move that foot. And now what do you do? you got to pivot off that foot and get the other leg engulfed. And you've just given a second step away. You've given a second step away, and now the, the door's open for the inside move. <laughs> Thank In you. technical terms. In technical terms, you're screwed. Yeah. So you are no, you are no longer the driver. You are now the nail. <laughs> and, and the coffin is right behind you. Yeah, the coffin you. is right behind you. Um, so – so that's when we talk about those details. This is what matters. And I think for all of our fans, you can appreciate that. That's listening here is that that is the little things that you might not see in a game. But when a guy gets beat, there's a lot more into it. Yes. Or a guy doesn't get the touchdown because he did not reestablish his, his, his being in bounds after stepping out of bounds voluntarily. Because a lot of times it's not like forced out. Nope. Forced out is a different story. As soon as you get the feet in, you're good. But as you step out voluntarily, you have to reestablish for a couple of steps to then receive the football. Because we saw that Chase Claypool last season, remember? Yes. A couple of go routes where he kind of stepped out of bounds to kind of avoid the press and the jam. And then he doesn't really reestablish himself, and he just comes and just stops and and sitting there on 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 a nice little comeback route. But you didn't establish yourself. Yep. And you have to – those are the little things, attention to details that we're talking about that – this is why you have training camp, yep. to clean those things up before you go into the regular season. And every player has details he has to work on, right, yeah. Max? every position has those type of details. So, you know, wanted to harp on that because I, I wanted to make sure that we got that out you know, as we're talking about the progression, especially with offensive, because I know in the next hour it's all defense. Yes. We want to focus on defensive groups. We've covered – Do we? We have to. We are non-biased here. All right, you're right. Non-biased when it comes to team reporting. All right, you're yes. right. Yes. Okay. Our own proclivities you. aside, <laughs> you know, but the gold shirts deserve love too. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. In this, in this situation. We're not going to talk about around the league and about how much better they are than offensive guys. We're not going to do that ever. <laughs> but we do have to pour some love on them because there's some great competitions over there on the defensive there side is. of the ball, and we want to highlight those because I think that outside linebacker group is very interesting. I think the defensive line group and how – <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, their makeup is because there's some good competition going there. There is. And, of course, as we flesh out the secondary. Think about it. We've not even seen Minka yet. No Minka. Basically. 
and they are still humming. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be scary when they do see Minka. I believe you are correct, so, sir. So we will step aside, pay a couple bills, but we're still in the locker room getting ready for the power hour, hour three, here from St. Vincent's College. We will be back in a moment. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.